Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, we're giving away 100 bucks to Optimum Golf in the Park Hill or Rhino neighborhoods. That's where I go when I want to play virtual golf in order to keep my game fresh. I also take my daughter there for lessons with Kyle. She went to the driving range today with me. She is hitting so well, and she said to me after being with Kyle on a couple of lessons, I'm actually looking forward to going to the driving range. And that is not a lie. So Kyle got her excited about golf. I can promise you he is going to help your game as well. They also have other award-winning pros. And now is the time for sure to get your custom-fit, custom-built clubs because the season is coming up, if you can believe it. It's already March next week. And if you want to play in one of their virtual bays like I like to do, they have leagues and tournaments. You can host a private party. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. And right now, we're giving away 100 bucks. You can't beat that deal because it's free, and you're going to a great place. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. First caller, you're going to Optimum Golf on us. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Well, the NFL Combine could be in jeopardy this season if the NFL and the agents don't come to an agreement. NFL sent a memo to 324 players invited to the Combine and their agents telling them that players would be in a bubble in Indianapolis and that the prospects of trainers, doctors, nutritionists would not be allowed from would not be allowed to enter the bubble. Each player can have one person in the bubble per the new rules this season. Now, Agents representing 150 of the players, that's nearly 47% of the players who would be going, have responded by saying they would withhold those players from interviews and on-field drills. The NFLPA has supported these agents, calling the combine antiquated. As of Monday morning, agents and the NFL were working on a compromise last year. NFL did not have the combine. Players instead did their timing drills largely at their pro days and held uh, those throughout March and early April. You go to the Combine every year. It's not something that I have been to. Mm-hmm. Is the Combine really that necessary anymore? And if it is, what parts of it are besides saying, you got to see what this guy could do in the three-cone drill? Got to see that three-cone drill. A couple of fa- things I think are necessary, but uh, at least one of them can be accomplished elsewhere uh, in other avenues. The interview process. That's the most important by far. You actually know the medical is the most important. Well, but here's the thing. Every team doctor has a right to poke and prod at that combine, right? Yes. Are you serious? Every You have to go through 32 of those? That's not only antiquated. That That's borderline primitive. I get why they're doing it. If you're interested in a guy, do it at the pro day. If you're interested in a guy, bring him in. 
because you're allowed to bring in guys, have your doctor do it there. It's just a lot more efficient to bring everybody there rather than go to all the pro days around the country and go fly, you know, and, and send your doctor from one to the other to the other. It's all about centralizing it. The other thing is this. The 40-yard dash, yes, the three-cone drill, the short shuttle, all that stuff. One advantage of the combine is that it's standardized. Everybody is on the same field. Whereas, you know, maybe some guys, they run on a fast track at their, or their track is a little faster at, uh, at their college. It's a little slower, and then it becomes not as, sta- not as standardized. Maybe that makes a difference of a tenth of a second uh, either way. So that's, that, that's another reason why the con the combine is is favored but the biggest things are the interviews and and the medical process and all of that stuff could be done with players flying in or at pro days right sounds like you just want to get out there go to st elmo's get yourself a steak and the shrimp i'm viewing this from the i'm trying to view this from the team perspective as well it's a chance it's a chance for standardized information Last year's draft, did you see a lot of misses early on specifically? Like, whoa, like a Tony Mandrich, whoa, Mike Mamula, whoa. Anything you've seen in year one? Not particularly, no. Well, then I guess we don't really need the combine as much, do we? Because well, that it's, was, it's that was a about, big concern. It's less about those picks and more about the guys down the line. I mean, remember, there are 324 players going, and there, and there are only – but there are only 256 draft picks. Who gets hurt the most if there's no combine? What or who gets hurt the most with no combine? The teams get hurt most? No, you only get one choice. Well, no, there are two groups of people that get hurt the most. Mm-hmm. One are the teams, and the other are the small, the smaller schools guys who do get invited. Eh, wrong answer. No, that's... Wait, where are you, how, how, how are you to determine whether my answer is right or wrong? You know who gets hurt the most? The city of Indianapolis and the small business owners. They get crushed. Kind of like if they don't do spring training, Phoenix is going to get buried in bills they can't afford because they, that's their big time of the season. They'll find and other, then in, in different places in Florida. They'll find other conventions. They'll be fine. They can, but this is a big one on the calendar. I'm it's sure they will. One, it's a big one in terms of national prominence. Like there, but in terms of people coming into the city, the National Wastewater Exposition, which goes on right before the scouting combine, mm-hmm. used to be right after. Why would you go to Indianapolis for that anyway? If it's your industry, it's a big deal. Okay, why don't you just go to San Diego or Denver or Miami? Because Indiana- like a city that's fun to go to. Because Indianapolis has basically geared itself towards conventions. They have a massive convention center. Mm-hmm. You have hotels connected to it. So if you stay at one of about eight different hotels, you don't even have to step outside if you don't want to because they have the skywalk. Well, do it in the summer. To- don't do not do it in when people are January on, when it's freezing. You don't, do, you don't like to do va- a lot of conventions over the summer because that's when people take their vacation time. Do it in the spring. Do it in the fall. Find another time. Sorry, Indy. Sorry, St. Elmo's won't be selling more shrimp. They're losing a big one. They're losing a big one in terms of visibility. Right. And by the way, does the city of Indianapolis pay the NFL for this? Oh, there are, yeah, there are some, there are some uh-huh. deals put together, yes. So, so the NFL gets paid for the combine. 
they're not paid, but they definitely get they get some discounts. They get let's put and, and teams definitely get what we would call the bulk rate on hotels at the JW Marriott and the Westin. Well, no, I, whatever. I, mean, I mean that's all good. What I'm saying is, does the NFL? get not discounts i'm saying do they get money going the other way not discounts no do they get money going the other way no they they're still putting some money into it what they're get what they're getting out of it is programming oh and visibility oh and like they need and this anymore. is and this is what the nf and the nfl has turned the combine into an event that is televised oh and you could argue that the NFL actually loses if they don't have this centralized event because before all this in the last couple of years, there was talk about even turning like the 40 yard dash into a competition, literally ha and instead of having one guy run at a time, having two guys race at a time. I know because I and giving and giving, you know, a purse to the winner. Of the forty, the what, winner what, what of the bench. Mean, what do you mean a purse? Like an actual like Gucci? No, like a per, like a like a cash prize. Prada? Oh, they don't make purses. No. Ca ca oh, because it's they're the pros meaning now. of purse. Per, you know, a purse, as in like not what you carry around, but a cash. If I just wound you up, you, you I knew exactly what it meant. Yeah, I know, but it was like it was just frustrating for me. Okay, Is, forget about you going out there every year because I know you enjoy the trip. Is it really necessary? I know you enjoy the trip, just like you enjoy the Senior Bowl. It can, I would argue that the Senior Bowl is more necessary than the Combine. Okay. You know why? Because you like the food down there better? It's actual football. Okay, that's true too. The I, I think in terms of the value that you get out yep. of it. Yep. But only seniors go. Well, there's a little bit of a change on the horizon because now you have which, uh, the East-West Shrine game, which runs kind of concurrently they start their practice a few days earlier and the shrine is considering whether they whether they can start at bringing in early entry people players right. juniors so yeah you know. why don't you just do it all right there you just do it at the shrine game or the well at the, at, here's the thing although at, you may at, not at the, everybody gets to go but here's the thing at the senior bowl teams do a lot of their interviewing down there like the broncos right the broncos talk to all Six quarterbacks in Mobile. Right. George Payton and his So they need to talk to him again? They need to talk to him again want, at the combine? Well, the, the next step would have, be having them sit down with Nathaniel Hackett. I know, but it's like speed well, the, dating. It's like speed dating. The scouting department's done their job already. It's like speed dating. You get five minutes with them. Right? Five minutes. I think it's uh, 15. Okay. Are you telling me that you're going to give somebody a two-carat diamond ring after a 15-minute interview and say, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and I want to give you a huge contract? No, but maybe what you decide is whether you're going to have used one of your 32 pre-draft in-person uh, visits where you can actually fly players in. I, I think the biggest question is this. Do you think teams would start making boneheaded draft decisions if there was no combine? They already make bonehead draft no, decisions. No, but I'm what talking about more. I'm talking about more. I don't think would, they change Then anything. you don't need the combine. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you're not going to get your shrimp and St. Elmo's and go hobnob with all your buddies, right. have your Moscow mules. You're out, Mason. Okay, no more walking the catwalk from the height or the western so you don't have to go outside. You'll have to learn to live with the disappointment and do the show in studio with me. I vote no combine because I want to do the show with you here. This really I'm tired you. of you doing this 
remotely. This really bothers you, doesn't it? I really don't care. I know, but I know. But but I'll say this: like, if you ask probably a lot of teams what uh, they prefer to cut, you'd probably get those that say medicals are most important. They'd say cut the Senior Bowl, but a lot of the I, I bet you'd hear a lot of coaches say cut the combine, keep the Senior Bowl, keep the Shrine Game. Because then you're actually getting a look at them doing football stuff, and a lot. Of, and look, you get measurements at the Senior Bowl. You get height, weight, arm length, all all that for all the guys down I'll, there. I'll, I'll I think you, you could accom- I think you could accomplish this at two, the same thing of the combine. You could accomplish it if you had the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Gate, the Shrine Bowl, and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. In back-to-back weeks, I think, and you had about a hundred, a hundred and twenty players at each. I think you could accomplish the same thing that way. I'll say one more thing, and this is going to sound and they play football. Say one more thing, and this is going to sound completely cynical. But then again, look at the source. Yeah, you are cynical, aren't you? I'm going to paint everybody with a broad stroke here, but I don't mean everybody. If two people are involved with what I'm about to say, then I'm right. Oh boy, here we go. the Senior Bowl is just another excuse to go away from your family and cheat on your spouse. That's what the Senior Bowl is, too. Huh? It's another week away where you can get a hotel room and play around on your spouse. It's another week away. That's what it is, too. I'd like to see those who actually had time for that because... Well, for some people, it might only take five minutes. Oh, gosh. Because I can Because I can tell you, most people that week are pretty busy nonstop. By the way... Especially because the interviews go till like midnight now after practices. By the way, if you thought that was crass and disgusting, coming up up later on in the show, we're going to talk about an athlete who had a frozen penis at the Olympics. And honest to God, I am not making this up. I don't think I could have teased that any better. Oh, by the way, a little breaking news on the combine. Yeah. The combine just informed players it has changed its bubble policy. Of course they did. Every, it's back. It's they it can go with their trainers, with their coaches, whatever. Right. The NFL caved. Well, because they want their event, they want their five days of programming. Yep. That's what this is about. The hookers in Indy are back in business because the combine is coming to town, and they're going to have to go on Forrest Gump's boat to get enough shrimp for everyone to eat. At St. Elmo's, right? Yeah, pretty much. Coming up after the break, Steph Curry scored 50 points during yesterday's All-Star game. 16 three-pointers. Okay, He is a weapon, right? Yes. Not everybody's a weapon, no matter how great you are as an athlete. But there are certain guys who are weapons. Who are they? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. I feel fine enough, I guess. Considering everything's a mess. There's a restaurant down the street Where hungry people like to eat 
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, want to tell you about a place where you can get great beer, great food, and you're going to have a blast. And that's Windfall Brewing Company. They're in the Orchard Town Center. They have 17 craft brews on tap, a scratch kitchen that really does have something for everyone. I've had a lot of great things on that menu. The Baja fish tacos are outstanding. I've had sandwiches there. They make their own bread fresh. They have a hand-butchered ribeye with a Cabernet mushroom demi-glace, which is really good, and a double-stacked smash burger. Those are just things you could have, but other things on the menu are so stinking good as, as well. Now, while you're waiting and you go with the kids, Either you can go or they can go. They have 23 pinball machines there. Old school arcade like Pac-Man, Ultra Buck Hunt. They have Golden Tea there and other, so many great old-time arcade games. This place is an absolute hoot. Great food, great craft beer, and you're going to have a ton of fun. So go with the guys. That would be fun. Take your family there. I mean, there aren't enough places where you can take your family. This is one place to go. Windfall Brewing Company, again, they are in the Orchard Town Center in Westminster. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Get a chance to watch the All-Star game yesterday? Not one second. I watched the first three quarters. I was so bored and it was so disgusting. I turned it off. I know the fourth quarter, from what I understand, was fantastic. You were bored and you still watched three quarters? Yeah, because I'm like, maybe something. Well, you know what? You know what that maybe something was? Steph Curry going Steph Curry. Just kept stepping out, stepping out. He even tried a half-court shot, right? Because why not? He hit, right. He had 16 three-pointers. I'm not saying something that is breaking news here. A lot of guys can shoot three-pointers, but from the range that he can shoot it, clearly he is a weapon from anywhere pretty much inside half court. Mm -hmm. Give me guys from other sports that you would say are weapons like him. Michael Jordan, I wouldn't say that he had something where he was a weapon like range like that, but give me some other guys who were weapons, whether it is playoffs or regular season. Well, I mean, think about baseball. I mean, there there are some guy, you know, the, the, there are three outcome players, right? You you, I'm sure you remember Dave Kingman. Yep. Well, he was feast or famine. Yeah, it was either going over the fence or he was whipping most of the time. Yeah, I'll give you another baseball guy who was a weapon. Yeah, Mariano Rivera was a weapon yeah. in the playoffs. He pitched 141 postseason innings. And gave up 11 earned runs. Mm-hmm. Basically, when Enter the Sandman came on and you were down, it, it was the game. He was a weapon. Derek Jeter, really good player, obviously a Hall of Famer, and so many other great players. Barry Sanders on. was a weapon. He was a weapon if he broke one. But he had more than a few. Uh, no, I'll, I'll well, give it. Well, the thing about weapons is that they're, wep- the kind of weapons we're talking about are kind of, they're, they're Devin not, Hester's a weapon. Yes, but they're not cu- as complete as other players, right? 
they maybe they've got something really special, but they're not all around. Like Walter Payton, as great as he was, he was just a great all around back. I'm talking about I'm talking about a guy who could either a do something unique mm-hmm. that very other few people could do, or someone in a clutch moment you knew you can count on them to make something happen. So I'll give you another. Well, John Elway was a weapon then in comeback situations. No. Yeah, he was. No. I, I would I I put other quarterbacks above him. I'll give you the weapon for the Broncos was Terrell Davis in the playoffs. He was a weapon in the playoffs. He didn't play that long, but for a guy that you knew when he played in the playoffs for the short amount of time that he did, he was going to get about 140 yards a game. At least when it was all over, he averaged 143 rushing yards per game, and in eight games, eight playoff games. Score 12 touchdowns. When it's all said and done, you may not have realized it at the time. With Steph Curry, you know he can hit it anywhere on the court. He's kind of, I'll give you another guy. Martin Brodeur, throw him on the ice in the playoffs. I, mean, I think we're just talking about great players then, if that's the case. I mean, we are, we are talking about great players, but in clutch situations too. Like, here's something you may or may not know. You know LeBron James is the most clutch player in playoff history? Hard to believe for a guy who gets criticized for passing so much. I happen to look this up today. When it comes to, since he came into the league, nobody in the NBA has hit more game-tying or go-ahead shots in the final 24 seconds of a playoff game than LeBron James. On those type of shots, he's hit 7 of 16 shots, which is 44%. No one's done it better. He's also capable of kind of like Steph Curry, you know, hitting a jump shot from midcourt. Not to that level. But what was so appropriate with this stat about LeBron, Curry was the MVP. He was hitting from all over the place. But who hit the game-winning shot? LeBron James. Because that's just who he is. Yeah. I'm not suggesting John Elway wasn't a great fourth-quarter comeback guy because everybody points to the drive, although he had more more comebacks than just the drive. But a lot for- more. I mean, that was a, that was the thing about him. Like, it, it was basically when Dan, Dan Reeves was coaching the team, it was a structured, albeit conservative offense for three quarters. Right. And then the back half of the fourth quarter, if they were behind, it was, all right, let's turn turn seven loose. And, right. And very often he got the Broncos out of jams with his own skills. Here, let, let, let's, go a different, let's go a different direction on this. Because I've gotten criticized. Like Brett Favre was a weapon, too. Same reason. Right. Well, he but was that, a, you but know, that weapon could sometimes be turned on yourself. You know why he was a weapon? Actually, he was a weapon. You know why he was? He didn't miss games. He didn't miss games. So yeah. if, if, the, if the greatest compliment you could pay a player is availability <laughs> is the best ability. Yeah. No one did it better than him. Same thing with Cal Ripken Jr., mm-hmm. right? But let's talk about Elway for a second. And, and, and that criticism is fair of Dan Reeves where they would run it, and then on third down, late in the games, Elway had to bail you out. Mm-hmm. Looking at the touchdowns to interceptions, looking at the completion percentage, mm-hmm. looking at being a gunslinger, how would he be viewed if he was cut loose like a Dan Marino? Would his numbers, his numbers are great, don't get me wrong, but would his numbers be considerably worse or worse, if he was allowed to pass as much as Marino? I think they'd be better. You think? A lot better. Why? 
I think he always I, he always had the skill skill set to do it. And we saw that when Jim Fossil, the late Jim Fossil, took took over the offense mm -hmm. in 1993, yep. and then Mike Shanahan followed him in 1995. All of a sudden, Elway's statistical production caught up to his skills and reputation. What and year? he did that in years eleven through sixteen. He would have been and he would have been perfectly capable of those type of numbers in a more modern offense earlier in his career. And I think it I think it may have even changed the where he ends up among great quarterbacks because while he is the legend around here, yep. um he definitely falls in terms of an NFL-wide perspective, below Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana. Well, actually, you're saying if he was allowed to throw more. Yeah, oh, if he was yeah, allowed to throw more. Because, and, and you love to use this stat, and it's era-adjusted stats, mm -hmm. Elway falls down the ladder. Well down the ladder, yes. Well, I've done, well I've, down the ladder. Like, when he, did Fossil take over? 1993. 1993, so... His that's the, that's the demarcation point for John Elway's production as a quarterback. Right. So he went twenty five and ten interceptions, sixteen uh -huh. and ten, twenty six and fourteen, twenty six. It, it's still not even two to one. Still but in that day, that was really good. If you if you were if you were around two to one, and that's basically he was basically two to one for the last six years. If you were two to one in the nineteen nineties, that was great. What would be a good completion percentage? Back then, if you were north of uh, 60% over that time and i believe he was there three three of his about three of the last 6 years so roughly 60% over those no, 6 years you were doing great uh, no actually if you look at his last 4 years he was north of 60 only once no i said the last 6 years he was three the, the right. starting with jim fossil three of the last 6 years he was above 60% john always great quarterback listen uh you know i, I had this conversation with arn and he was i he wasn't upset Actually, I'll ask you this quickly. Mm -hmm. The more not the best athlete. Who's the more athletic quarterback? Arm, running ability, difficulty to tackle, making all the throws, yada yada yada. Who would you rather have? Is strictly an athletic quarterback, John Elway, or Josh Allen? Ooh. Aaron thought I was higher than. Anybody walking down Broadway in Denver, when I said, I, Josh Allen, not by, I, maybe I said by far, maybe that was an overstatement. Josh Allen is more athletic than yeah. John Elway. He know, just is. I'm sorry. It's not a knock. It's just a fact. Yeah. And you know who else I would throw in there as well as more athletic? Who? Michael Vick. Yeah. Well, as far as arm strength goes. He had a cannon. Better than Elway? As good as Elway, but a better runner. I'll tell you this. I talked to a friend of mine who's with the Bills organization, and this is stunning. And you've been to games in Buffalo. There were times this year that the Bills won the game, and he would stand at the 25-yard line, face the end zone, and just chuck it out of the stadium. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. He would just chuck it out of the stadium. Oh, uh, yeah. did that more. You need some serious arm strength to do that. One of his teammates said, I believe that Josh Allen could throw it 100 yards. I believe he could, too. I don't, know if, Elway, they, I don't know if Elway could. That's why they need to bring back the quarterback challenge. Remember that in the off-seasons? Yeah, right. Oh, I'd, wouldn't, I would love to see a quarterback challenge of involving Mahomes and Josh Allen today. Right. 
Coming up after the break, there have been some strange, for lack of a better phrase, injuries in the history of sports. Mm -hmm. I have never, ever seen something like this. Ah. And when I say ever, I mean ever. And here's a hint. This injury could never, ever happen to a woman. If that isn't hint enough to bring you back, I don't know what will bring you back. That's nice. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. Or what's trending? What's trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. I've been covering sports for over 30 years, you roughly the same amount of time, and this is the strangest injury I've ever heard of. A Finnish skier competing at a cross-country event at the Olympics. He finished in 28th place after suffering perhaps not only the strangest injury of the year, but possibly of all time, considering where the injury happened. He suffered from a, and I have to say this on the air because it's just a fact and it's a medical term. He suffered from a frozen penis. Let me repeat that. He suffered from a frozen penis. Remy Lindholm began suffering frostbite uh, during the 50-kilometer mass start event on Sunday. The event itself was conducted under such brutal conditions that the race was delayed by an hour because it was so cold, and then it was shortened, no pun intended, to 30 kilometers intended instead of 50 to protect the competitors. Lindholm sought relief in the form of a heat pack and said, quote, when the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. It's not the first time it's happened to him either. I know. It happened in a race last year. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I can go a lot of directions that are totally crude, but I won't. There have been a lot of strange injuries on the field of play and off the field of play that have prevented athletes from playing. But can you think of any off the top of your head where it a guy got injured or a gal got injured while performing in their sport or prevented them from playing their sport? Like this? Well, anything. Just anything like, whoa, that really happened? I'll give you an example. I'll start you off. Remember Glenn Allen Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Used to play with the Cubs when he was with the Blue Jays. You know, he suffers from arachnophobia. Yeah. Okay. So he was having a nightmare, sleeping, having a nightmare, and spiders were in his nightmare. Mm -hmm. And he started unconsciously running through his house, not realizing he was running through his house, and he crashed through a glass table and wound up with cuts and bruises all over his body. And he missed time. Yeah. I seem to remember a long time ago, 
that uh, there was a uh, a baseball player who actually landed on the disabled list with a thumb injury that was later described as Nintendonitis, as in like literally playing Nintendo too much. You, you have that and hurting the thumb. You kind of have that half right, unless your story is right. Same thing happened to Lionel Simmons. Played for LaSalle. Yeah. Pretty good, not great. Pretty good NBA player. He was trying to set the all-time high on his Nintendo Game Boy. Yeah. All right? He developed tendonitis, causing his wrist to become so inflamed, he couldn't grip the ball and he had to miss two games. Yeah. This one is really sick, though. I know how much you love soccer. A Swiss soccer player. Mm-hmm. Uh he was just recently married, so he had his wedding band on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had he he didn't score the goal. He got the assist on the goal. Yeah. I can understand doing what he did if he got the goal, but he got the assist. So what he did was, after he got the assist, he jumped onto a metal perimeter fence to celebrate his assist. Mm-hmm. When the wedding ring got stuck on the fence, yeah. a third of his ring was ripped off when he jumped down and he lost a part of his finger. And then he got hit with a yellow card for a delay of game while looking for part of his finger. I and mean, if we're talking about fingers, let's think of Jason Pierre-Paul's fireworks injury. Right. And uh, How about Plaxico Burr shooting himself in the leg? Or how about the Jaguars punter? Remember Jack Del Rio had the stump of wood, the, the log in the locker room and an axe. Yep. Keep chopping wood. That was their slogan. And he... Came around too far on the backswing right. and was out for the season after ga- gashing his leg. Um, was it Brian Anderson? Yeah, of Arizona. Yep. He was yeah. trying to figure out whether his iron was warm enough. Right. And he put it up to his face. Right. And he bu- burned himself. A buddy of mine who shall remain nameless did something similar. Um, he didn't have he didn't have an ironing board, so he decided to iron his shirt while he was wearing it. Oh, gosh. He didn't miss any time, but that's a true story. Probably the most famous, did you really do that, on the playing field was Bill Gramatica, a kicker in the NFL, hit a 42-yard field goal, was so excited, he jumped in the air to celebrate and on his plant leg, he tore his ACL. And he was never the same after that. The other one... He missed the rest the, of the season, the one, but he didn't yeah. play a full season after Yeah, the, the, uh, the basic, but he wasn't as good as a kicker after that. Like, no. Basically, he it derailed a promising career for him. Um, yeah. Another one that, that uh, comes to mind, Gus Farratt. Scores a touchdown in a 1997 game for Washington against the Giants. Headbutts the padding right. in the corner right. at what is now known as FedEx field yeah. suffers a neck injury. Right. And of course, if we're talking about strange injuries, we have to mention Clint Barmas and the deer meat. Here, here's the thing. I, I've been told that story is not true. Not true. I've been told where he was carrying deer meat and, and what he, he ruptured, he tore what? Collarbone. Broke right. his collarbone right. when he fell. I've, t- I've been told that story is an urban legend. I remember when it happened because I was covering the Rockies. Brian, I still am. Brian Greasy and, uh, and the door. Was it Brian Greasy and the dog tripped over his dog, yeah. supposedly? Yeah. Well, how about Troy Tulowitzki, who was always injured? He got so upset after, I believe, in a bat, he slammed the mm-hmm. bat, and it cracked in half, and he ripped his hand open. What do we have coming up on uh, Mountain High? Not Mountain High. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? 
Well, no injuries that I'm aware of resulted from the altercation between Michigan and Wisconsin in some Big Ten basketball this weekend, but there were suspensions and fines handed down by both the conference and the universities. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Yesterday in the Big Ten, a couple of coaches coming to blows after Wisconsin beat Michigan. There was a bit of a scuffle that broke out. Jawan Howard struck an assistant coach for the University of Wisconsin, and his his anger spurred on by the use of two timeouts in the final minute by Wisconsin when they were already ahead by a significant margin. There have been suspensions handed down. Jawan Howard was suspended by the University of Michigan proactively for five games. The remainder of the regular season will be eligible to coach in the postseason should uh, Michigan be eligible for that. He's also being fined $40,000. Terrence Williams II and Musa Diabate is being suspended. The players from Michigan that were involved. And then head coach Greg Gard of Wisconsin find $10,000 and student athlete Jacoby Neath for Wisconsin also a one game suspension so a couple of one game suspensions for players Jawan Howard striking an opposing coach only out for five games for the remainder of the regular season but it is a pretty big portion of their schedule as they will play Rutgers number 15 Illinois Michigan State number 25 Iowa and the final game of the regular season at number 22 Ohio State is the five games enough for Jawan Howard should he be eligible for the postseason it's uh, it's 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 enough uh, it's enough and I think frankly the fact that he struck another coach rather than a player I think think if it it would have been a lot worse if he had struck a player rather than... Well, like Woody Hayes struck a player. Right, Krabbenhoff, the Wisconsin assistant. Say it again? I was naming the Wisconsin assistant they struck, Joe Krabbenhoff. Right. Yeah. Um, Woody Hayes, people brought that up on Twitter. Woody Hayes struck a player. Yes. Struck a player. Um, I would have had no problem if Juwan Howard was suspended for the rest of the year. No problem with that at all. At the end of the day... For me, and I'm more black and white about this stuff, it's not the result, it's the intent. It's the intent. And, and, and so Juwan Howard's only suspended for five games because his aim wasn't good enough. His intent was to hit the guy. Now, granted, I will, I will soften my stance this way. It was open-handed. It was not a punch. 
which was great. Hey, Deacon Jones made great use of the open-handed headset. Right. As far <laughs> as calling of the timeouts, I understand guards reasoning behind doing it and I would say this more to a professional coach than a college coach deal with it stop them and win and this is college athletics these aren't grown men but at the end of the day you put yourself in this position if they want to call timeouts then they should be able to do it it's poor sportsmanship yes I agree Uh, will it come back to bite you one day probably but get over it. Someone on Twitter posted a screenshot of the game log from Michigan's game against Indiana. Jawan Howard called a timeout with 55 seconds left when they were up 16. So, well, why'd you tell me that? I went to Indiana. Thanks for I'm, rubbing that. I, in. It wasn't meant to meant to hurt you I in know, any way. I just wanted to provide a little more information. I saw this on on Twitter. This is from Howard Bryant, who's a longtime journalist. Said first time watching the video. If Greg Gard feels like he can just intercept a grown man like that, how does he treat his players? I'm sorry. That's a racial thing. You just went racial with me. You did. Howard Bryant, terrific journalist. Juwan Howard, great player, great coach. It, it has become racial on Twitter. And it shouldn't should, be. Should, should he have been fired? No, he should not have been fired. But at the end of the day, it's not as if Gard was pushing Juwan Howard. This, when you say goodbye to somebody or you have this whole you put your hands on me thing is so incredibly overblown. If you push a guy, that's one thing. He was trying to stop him to explain. And it was the old two-handed handshake, right? It was, you know, you, you shake with your right hand and then you put your left hand on the forearm, right? Right. And, that, and there, someone posted a bunch of pictures of guard doing exactly that with other coaches. Right. And when there was no, no malicious intent whatsoever, no. he was just, he, if he aired, it would have, it probably was, as you said, kind of in the break that he probably should have seen that Jawan Howard was didn't want to talk and didn't want to talk should've and just let, it, let go. it go. Should've. But I understand where guard was coming from. He wanted, he knew that it could have been interpreted wrongly and he wanted to explain himself, and it just got Here's the thing. When you're in the heat of the moment, guards should have said, they, ironically, they call it a cool-down period after the game. What should have happened, but you're in the moment, guards should have said after the game, let me talk to somebody from Michigan. I would like to explain mm-hmm. to Juwan what happened. But it's the heat of the moment. You're going through that handshake line. Guard wanted to explain. Howard wanted none of it. Maybe guard guard should have done a better job of reading the body language, too. Both sides didn't handle it particularly well. But thank goodness, Jawan Howard opened his hand. Because if it was a Kermit Benjamin, Rudy Tomjanovich situation, that it would have been over for Jawan Howard. I'm all for sportsmanship, but I think there's some situations where they don't necessarily have to shake hands after the game. I agree. Juwan Howard didn't want to shake hands. He should have read the room. But I, honestly, I don't think Guard really thought he did anything wrong. No. What the explanation I heard was that he had a lot of backups in. Michigan was in a full court press. That's what your timeouts are for, to help your players out of a tough spot. Right. So he used a timeout, which well, he you had know available. What? You just brought up a really good point. How much time was left in the game? Uh, I'm not 100% sure about Roughly. specific, but it was under a minute. Under a minute? Yeah. Okay, Mace, I'm guessing you're looking that up. With that, 
How many points were they down at the time? Um, I believe there was a timeout called with 45 seconds left when they were up, when Wisconsin was up 15. Well, you know what? Uh, is Michigan? I, I don't know this. Are they a full? Are they a full court press team like Arkansas was back in 1994? No, they're not. Then if they aren't, and they are playing full court to win, which is what they were doing, then Juwan Howard should not be upset about anything. He was playing to win the game, so he was upset with the Wisconsin coach for trying to make sure there wasn't a comeback. Yeah, and by the way, the timeline, the timeout was with 15 seconds left off the press. Now, the, why are you pressing? Yeah, now, why are you pressing? It was the second timeout of that minute because with 48 seconds left, Wisconsin called timeout to get the backups in, which is fine. Right, that happens all the time. Right, right. At the end of the yeah. day, if you're full court pressing, when you're with 15 seconds to go, and you're down by how many? Yeah, you know what this reminds really? me of? Remember the Bronco Ravens that for? Broncos Ravens game, trying to score there at the end, and then. Vic Fangio got upset right. when the Ravens uh, went for the, the, the run on the last play. Right. Yeah. Well, basically what the Broncos did was the equivalent of Michigan pressing, right? Trying to get a trying to just do win, get window dressing in a lost game. Here's the thing. If you're going to press and you're basically telling the other team, I'm going to try and steal it on you, yeah. okay, then don't be upset with the other coach does. Because yeah. you shouldn't, you know what? You shouldn't have been pressing there anyway. The 40-minute game. Right and then let the guy call his timeout. All right, uh, Alex, Danny, great job today. Same with you, Mace. Great to have you back. Make it the best possible night you can. Justice.